welcome to the Creative Giant Show, where we go behind the scenes about what it means to live a life full of creative and professional success. Creative giants are talented, renaissance souls with a compassion-fueled bias towards action. Now, here is your host, Charlie Gilkey. Hello, Creative Giants. This is episode 40, and I'm joined by James Victoria. James is a graphic artist, author, and activist who teaches creatives how to illuminate their individual gifts in order to achieve personal greatness. Described as part Darth Vader, part Yoda, James is wildly known for his timely wisdom and impassioned views about design and its place in the world. He reaches thousands online with his weekly Burning Questions video series on YouTube, and he delivers life-changing talks around the world. He also leads avant-garde workshops and seminars to help creative types of all spheres live and work successfully. At the helm of his independently run design studio, James continually strives to make work that is sexy, strong, and memorable. Work that toes the line between the sacred and the profane. James's work has been exhibited twice at the Museum of Modern Art in New York and is represented in the permanent collections of museums worldwide, including the Louvre and the Library of Congress. He has an Emmy, a gold and silver medal from the Art Directors Club, and a Grand Prix from the Berno Benali. His clients include Adobe, MailChimp, Starbucks, Bobby Brown Cosmetic, Aveda, Time and Esquire Magazines, Moe and Shandong, Yohi Yamamoto, and the City of New York. A monograph of his work was published by Abrams titled Victoria, or Who Died and Made You Boss. Victoria taught at the School of Visual Arts in New York City for over 20 years. James works with his wife and partner, Laura Victoria. He lives, loves, and works in Brooklyn. James, thanks so much for the work you do and for joining us on the show today. I am happy to be here, Charlie. All righty. I love origin stories because um, I think they really convey um, how insane we are in some ways. So let's go back to the beginning and tell us about your first real gig and how that went for you. Uh, my first real gig uh, professionally? Professionally. First real gig as a However design. you want to define that, because as artists, sometimes you can't, you know, blend. So when someone was paying you money to do the thing that you, some version of the thing that you do now. Um, yeah, no, it was hilarious. Um, <laughs> uh, fortunately and unfortunately, I had, you know, first of all, I was, uh, I was, um, what any newbie, any new designer with my first gig, um, I was uh, scared shitless. And uh, this was before computers, so I, you know, just before just before designers were using computers in their work, um, and it was a it was a, a a book jacket. And I look back on it now. Um, I don't even know if I put it in my in my book because it was it was it was. I mean, I've done stinkers and continue. Everybody poops. I would you know continue to do stinkers, but but it was so. It was like me really trying to look like a book jacket designer. I was just trying to like, you know, it's like you literally go to the bookstore and you kind of survey them. And they're like, okay, that's what books look like. I got to do one of those. <laughs> yeah. I got to go be like somebody else, even though they yeah, pay me to exactly, be me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I got to, you know, I'm like, oh, I can't be James Victoria now. I got to be, look like that thing. So. Yeah. So it was, so it was a little bit, a little bit, uh, you know, now that I look back on it, it was a little bit hilarious. Um, and it took a little while to get out of that mode too, you know, to be honest. I think I'm probably still getting out of that mode. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a great still, point. Yeah, like 
still trying to allow myself the freedom to 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 be James Victory. You know, that's I'm going to come back to that one because that's a that's a great point. Um, but let's let's talk about it because you know there there are so many creative professionals out there that they're still stuck in that mode. You know, and and you just mentioned that you are. But when did you know what what came what light bulb went off for you? Where you're like, you know what, <laughs> I really have to embrace my own art here. I really got to stop trying to be someone else. You know, the, the, a couple things. There were two, po- two points early on. These were, these were, I was still in my 20s at uh, this time, but two things happened. One was, um, so I started working professionally. I think I was, I dropped out of college, so I was like 21, and I literally just started working, and I got a, just a ton of work. And like I said, I was making this kind of like, making bric-a-brac. I was making books that look like books, you know. Um, and at one point, after a couple of years, I was um, I was getting paid well. Um, work was flowing, money was flowing. I bought my first silk suit. I bought my first motorcycle and paid cash. You know, and I got a, I was getting a little cocky, and I said, um, "Hey, wait a minute! I don't have to make books that look like books. I got my own sense of humor. I've got my own sense of timing, my own sense of shape and form and color and typography and blah 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 blah." And I started plying that out in my work. And, um, the reason I was doing so well before was because everybody knew what to expect from me. So then I started trying to be James Victoria and trying to put it in the work and nobody knew what to expect from me. And my work plummeted, just dropped right off. (laughs) And, and I'll tell you, you know, I don't know what made me do it, but I did the only right thing and I stuck to my guns and I just kept going. And I realized that I had to go find, you know, the clients that wanted to, you know, that wanted um, that, you know, that wanted some of that um, um, excitement and some of that energy. So that was one point um, um, that was kind of kind of an eye opener for me. Um, and the other one was when um, I think after... I never got the invitation. I never got, nobody ever gave me the permission to become a poster designer, which is what my reputation is founded on, poster design. Um, nobody ever gave me the permission or invited me, so I just took it upon myself. And uh, I, in 1992, um, I started making posters. And the first couple of posters that I made got into these um European competitions in in uh, specifically in like Warsaw and Paris places that I places that I respected and I started winning awards um, and um, a friend of mine said you know hey does that you know does that really help your reputation does that really help your I said no it no I'm not getting paid anymore because of that because the Americans first of all don't see that and 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 but what it did for me is it really just kind of gave me a level of bravery. And said, "Listen, something I'm doing is working, and I got to keep going." Yeah, well, that's actually quite common. Where you build a brand, you build a, a art mark. I'll use um, Jeffrey Davis's term for this: you build an art mark, and when it's that sort of working creative art mark, like it's predictable, it's reliable, people know what they're getting, they can trust it. That actually can be very constrictive for you at a point because it's like, you know. Um, <laughs> How do you grow outside of that? And we see this with musicians at their third or fourth album. They try to do something new and their fans dump them because they're like, we like the old stuff, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Bob Dylan's whole story. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, let's talk about creative courage because, you know, you mentioned that that you had that. And um, 
I think creative courage is learnable and practicable. Like it's not something, it's not some birth lottery. You either win or lose. Yeah. yeah. So, so how did, how do you practice this? Cause as you mentioned earlier, you're still trying to figure out ways to, to walk that line between the sacred and profane and, and who you are and show up in your work. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's funny. Uh, uh, you say it's, uh, um, learnable and practicable. I, 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 I hope so. Cause I'm out there trying to teach it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm like, Oh damn, I hope this works. Um, um, no, the creative courage thing is interesting. And I've just, I've just added a little section to, um, I'm working on a couple of different, couple of different projects and, um, I've added a whole nother, um, kind of, I guess it would be pseudoscientific section. Um, and I start talking about, uh, Maslow's um, hierarchy of needs, mm-hmm. right? And I and and because I because I'm I start talking about creativity and I start I start like four million years ago. You know, I'm like, okay, let's go back to the beginning. Like four million years ago, we separated ourselves from the apes. Okay, let's go. Um, and I go through Maslow's hierarchy about how you know you can't you know without you know the basics, food, shelter. You know, you you can't go any further. You know, and then you get to this point of esteem, and esteem, and the, the esteem level is um, confidence and courage, and then above that is the final level. Um, if you look at the triangle, it's the final level, and it's the self-actualization, which includes creativity. And for me, I'm going around teaching this stuff, and I'm saying, listen, look at the hierarchy. You can't have creativity if you don't have confidence and courage you know um it's just it's it it just works that way and the funny thing is i'm i'm working in a field where and i say this often um especially when i'm with students i say listen i don't know if if the design field or even the art field um attracts low self-esteem or creates (laughs) low self-esteem you know um but there's so many people out there who you know i'm dealing i'm dealing with their questions and there are so many people out there who are just you know they don't know how to ask for money they don't have um they don't feel that their work has value um you know there's just these these um esteem questions Mm -hmm. and they want to get they want to get to creativity but they're still dealing with that you know, mm-hmm. which is interesting, um, and I think opening that up to them and just even making them aware of that, I think is uh, I think is um, very powerful tool f- uh, for them. Um, um, you know, and also just teaching them how to how to grow a spine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or giving the you know again again Charlie even just like giving them the permission, which is huge. You know, Absolutely, it's a, whole, it's a whole nother level. Like we're all sitting around waiting for permission to be great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny because I think as I, as I talk to people too, I see this come up and like, if you're, if you're working at Subway sandwiches and you make that sandwich and you give somebody a sandwich in a lot of ways, you don't, it's, it's not a piece of you that you've given somebody. It's his job. It's a sandwich, so on and so forth. But I think as artists and, and creatives, when we create something, we can't separate the rejection <laughs> of that piece or someone not liking that piece with them not liking us as people. Yeah. Well, here, I'm going to take it. I'm going to go backwards and talk about the Subway sandwich. Um, because there's a, uh, I'm working on, a, I'm working on, um, everything I'm working on right now, it comes to one single goal and that goal is called, um, your work is a gift. Mm-hmm. And, um, what I'm trying to get artists and designers to understand is that their work is a gift. Meaning when your work is a gift, it's no longer, first of all, it's no longer about you. Second, you don't work to make a boss or a client happy and you don't work for a paycheck. 
You work because you work first to make yourself happy. And in making yourself happy, you actually, um, um, the ramifications are even larger. Um, and it becomes, your work becomes a gift. Your work has the effect to change someone's life. Mm-hmm. And the, the Subway sandwich guy is an interesting metaphor because I always use the bus driver. Mm-hmm. It's so completely easy for a bus driver's work to be a gift because mm-hmm. all he has to do is smile. Mm-hmm. Right? How many times have you gone through, you know, gotten on a bus and, you know, the surly bus driver? I mean, you know, they, this, this is the start of some, most people's day and it can ruin your day. Like, mm-hmm. oh, the damn bus driver, blah, blah, blah. Or the Subway sandwich guy who, like, totally he's like okay i'm here now i'm not here for my whole life i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna do this amazing i'm Mm -hmm. gonna be great and i'm gonna smile and i'm gonna put a little panache in my and hand it over and people gonna go people gonna look him in the eye and smile and say thank you and be sincere and it's like damn look at the power you have Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) as a sandwich creator a sandwich artiste (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I agree. You know, it reminds me of, of King King's comments about the dignity of work, right? If you're a janitor, be the best janitor there is, right? Yeah. And I think yeah. that's that's that that um we forget but, is it. But Go also ahead. if you're if you're also if you're a bus driver and you really just hate your job and you feel like you should be writing your novel, then that's a problem too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a problem. But and we have this tension here, right? On the one hand we've said you can't be creative unless you have some of these lower level needs met. Yeah. And at the same time, you need to create, I'm, I'll use my language, like you need to create your art for you, your art for your own happiness, your thing that, that lights you up too, right? And yeah. it seems to be in the, in the real world of being a professional creative, there's a big tension there, right? I don't necessarily get to make the art that makes me happy because I got to pay the bills and someone wants something else from me. How do we walk yeah. that tension? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a tough one. I was just, uh, I was just doing a, um, a workshop at a, uh, at a, at a, a, a firm that does, um, um, solely healthcare and there are rigid standards that they have to, and you know, they're like, we're peacocks, we want to fly, you know? And, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, you know, what we had to figure out how to, how to, how to, how they could find some happiness within those restrictions, you know, how to, how to seek to do good mm-hmm. within those restrictions, how to, you know, how to, how to, how to possibly offer up not other solutions, but other ways of thinking that the company isn't involved in. You know, I mean, for a lot of people in that, that you know, um, or, or even for an artist who's, you know, what what is it like? Ninety percent of us don't even support ourselves with our art. Mm-hmm. You know, some I think it's probably higher than that. But you know, I mean, that's that's really frustrating. And and the the in the company the other day they were saying, listen, we get shot down more than we succeed. And I, and I had to tell him, I had to tell him, listen, that's the standard. That's what we're in it for. Mm-hmm. Look at, look at, I mean, look at, look at the sports metaphors. Babe Ruth struck out more times than he hit home runs. Yeah. Come on. That's how the game is played. That's how, it, you know, as long, especially as long as you're taking those chances, you know, you know, just be the art department that, that, you know, inspires the rest of the rest of the, the company. I mean, they're, they're dealing with a bunch of suits. Mm-hmm. You know, who don't, who don't have the vision, who don't, who don't necessarily see. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a lot of, uh, I think there's a lot of education that has to happen in that, uh, in that, in that, in that relationship. You know, people, people say, but, but I got to deal with marketing and marketing blah. I'm like, well, here's the problem. Cause those are real people and you're just calling them marketing. Mm-hmm. 
It's, it's relationships. Go have a relationship. Talk to these people. Find see what their what their what their what their needs are. See what their fears are. That's because you know the thing that they're the thing that they're probably giving you is probably just comes from their fears. Mm-hmm. You know, sat, satisfy those fears somehow. So there's a number of different ways to you know to 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 do it. But 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 you know a huge part of it is I mean Charlie, that's the game. We're not like we're not we're not all Julian Schnabel showing up in our bathrobe and 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 having a blast painting with a broom. You know. Yeah. Well, and at a certain point, what some people don't understand is you, James, and me, Charlie, and Seth, whoever we want to put on board, we get rejected thousands of times a day, thousands of times a day, right? Someone will walk past your art in the moment and be like, I really don't like that and walk Mm -hmm. away. Or it just doesn't light them up and they'll walk away and they'll go to your website and be like, who's this guy? You know, he's profane. I don't like it. Um, You know, they'll show up to my website. This guy's really boring. I don't want to read this, right? So we get rejected at at a level, you know, that, that... it, everybody does that, right? Well, you can see hard rejection in the sense of someone just looking at you and I, James, and saying, I really don't like your work, blah, blah, blah. And that, But there's also this soft rejection that happens every day, just that you didn't really reach somebody with your proposal. You didn't reach somebody with your art. You didn't reach somebody with your words. And that's just yeah. part of the game. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's tough, especially when you're trying to, you know, you're trying to sell stuff too. It's like, you know, why is this just sitting there? I don't understand it. It's like, you know what? That's the game. You know, that's, that, that's just part of it. Um, and you try to, you know, you try not to, um, focus on that. You try to just keep, keep moving forward. Um, um, but, uh, no, nah, yeah, the rejection thing is, the rejection thing is funny. Um, but what I always, I always try to remind myself and I try to remind other people is like, and I say, listen, I am not for everyone. I know that it's impossible for me to, I am not a cog that fits in every wheel. Right. Um, I am not for everyone. I'm just for the sexy people. You know, when I talk about, I talk about, you know, that thing, the idea of your work of being a gift, um, that means you make work to satisfy yourself first, not to satisfy, you don't work to satisfy other people. And what's going to happen is you're going to find that the people who you do satisfy, people who you, who, who do rise to your work are not an audience, they're your audience. And those are the rich ones. Those are the important ones than the ones that are, who are going to help you grow. So it's finding your own audience, not just, just, not just a, a, a generic audience of you know, tens of thousands. Yeah. How did you settle on the sexy peeps for you? Like, did, when did you wake up and was like, you know what, that's just who I'm for? Uh, you know, people are always saying, you know, uh, I get this, I get this backhanded compliment. They say, man, you should be a Ted doll. You should be on a Ted stage. Oh, but then you swear because they don't like swearing. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck them then. <laughs> I don't yeah. care. I don't care. I'm not going to kowtow or cater, you know, just to, just to make, you know, um, some stuck up sticky beats happy or to fit into some, um, other form. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna contort myself into a, a gray form to make a larger sphere of people happy. You know, um, I, I, I. First of all, I don't believe it's possible. And I, second of all, I see people doing it all the time, and it's painful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think on the other hand, we see people who take a really polarizing brand, or they they have that sort of reactionary brand, like just you know, I don't want to be bland, so I'm gonna push it over here. Oh, well, you know, that's, yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if it's, if it's, if it's forced and it's for a reaction, that's, it, you know, it's inauthentic and it's, it's and pretty see-through um, and probably less powerful because of that. 
Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because, you know, you do walk that line between the sacred and profane. And, and there's sometimes people do it because it's a good branding and marketing thing. And sometimes it's just who you are. It seems to be closer to who you are. Uh, yeah, I think we just kind of found that, you know, we just kind of like looked back at the work and looked back at what I've been creating, what I've been writing about. And I'm like, wow, okay, that's, that's people, people, you know, the way people respond to me is, and the reactions we get through, through Twitter and Instagram and social media and whatnot is, is, is really spot on, you know, cause people are, um, people are, um, you know, saying the, I guess the phrases they use, you know, there's the, there's the, the, the crazy stuff like, you know, badass and truth teller and stuff. And then there's people who are saying, Oh my God, you, you know, you changed my life, you know, thank you so much. So, I mean, I think that would probably be quali- kind of qualifying this say the sacred and the profane, you know, they, they, they like, they like the, um, I don't know, like the, uh, the passion, you know, it's not anger they like the passion and the badass part. Mm-hmm. Um, but also what we try to do is we try to, you know, we're, we are, we, you know, I, I love what I do for a living and I want more people to love what they do for a living. So that's, that, you know, that's, that's the, the, the kind of the mission right now. Yeah. So I'm curious, this is just as an aside, like talk to us about a recent project that you turned down, um, not for the money reasons, but just like it wasn't a fit and how you, how you work through that process for you. Um, there aren't there aren't a ton of things that we turn down. Um, you know, as a commercial designer, I'm in an interesting spot right now. When that um, um, the design uh, a couple of years ago, I realized I was a I was a pretty good designer. You know, um, um, you know, good enough to get into into the museums. Um, but I realized I'm a much better teacher. And the, over the last couple of years, I've been kind of switching and trying to figure out how to how to uh, how to you know make the teacher part work more and how to, how to, how to, how to, um, use that as, as my, uh, as my mode, uh, um, and not the design part. And what happens is the universe says, Oh, James, that's a great idea. So we're going to make that possible for you. So we're going to cut back on commercial clients. So we don't get that many phone calls for, for work. Um, um, uh, we have some steady clients that we work for, for all the time. And we like, we love them. I actually just got a call from, um, um, uh, the New York times this week. And it was just like, you know, I'm going to do the really smart thing and I'm going to make myself happy and say no, because, you know, <clears throat> money was, you know, money was there. Um, the turnover was, was really quick. I probably could have done it, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start making decisions <laughs> that make me happy. Not, you know, I'm not going to make decisions out of poverty. You know, I'm not going to make decisions like, oh my God, I need that, you know, I need that extra thousand dollars, ah, you know, um, cause I think that, um, that is a bad, a bad habit that we can get into. Mm-hmm. Um, um, when you're not, if it, if it doesn't fit into the mission, you know, we, it, it shouldn't happen. Um, so we haven't turned down a lot of things. There've been, there've been some, there's been some offers, um, to to speak and travel and stuff, and I've turned those down because it just it just wasn't a good fit or wasn't a good time or I don't really I've got a four month old and I'm not really that anxious to uh, you know to 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 uh, um, be traveling unless it's unless it's one of my own gigs you know um, um, yeah again I'm just I think I'm just trying to make decisions that you know that are that are on the, on the ship and you know in the direction it's going not not uh, just for the money. 
Good. And that's, and and that's, and you know, some people are like, well, are, you, are you kidding me? You're, like, you're going to, like, I wouldn't tell my dad that <laughs> you're turning down yeah. money. You're turning down to work. What are you crazy? Yeah. So James's dad, um, you didn't hear that if, in case you happen to hear this interview. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, sorry, dad. Yeah. I want to pull something out because in the beginning as a, as an artist and creative, it, you have to make some very intentional choices about you know, making room for the the work that you love, right? And the work that you want to do. And it still turns out that we have this myth that at some point in the future, like that's going to be a lot easier to decide to do. But James, you know, you're still having to make that choice of how am I going to do the work that I love and things like that. So there's still a tension point is all I want to pull up. At, at whatever level of success that you get, there's still going to be that tension point because, you know, um, people yeah. people are going to bring more opportunities for you to do work they want you to do that might not align up with the work that you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's easy to, it's, it's easy to, you know, jump the fence and get over on the other side and start eating that grass. But I'm going to, I'm going to make a really weird (laughs) visual, but you know, you get over on that other side and you start eating that grass and, you know, uh, you, you get, you get, you get, um, um, fat and sloppy and then you can't get back. You know, it's hard it's easy to get derailed. Um, I think I, that was the weirdest thing I've, said in a long time but but let's move on <laughs> great I'll, I'll put that in the highlights the weirdest thing james has said in a long time no i mean the thing about it is is, is the way i said is you know the grass is always greener on the other side but you still have to mow it right and so yeah. we, we yeah. think that we're going to be over there and it's just going to be fine so oh yeah no i mean i think the, i think the, the 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 grass on the other side is a perfect metaphor because it's like you know we we, we look at other people's lives and think oh my god they dude's got it so sewn up his grass is like so green and so thick. Like he must be, you know, must be, he must be rich. He must be happy. He must, you know, his wife is beautiful. You know, the whole picture. <laughs> yeah. And I'm rich, I'm rich and I'm happy. And you know, my wife is beautiful. You know, I don't have, we don't have money, <laughs> but, but I'm rich. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. It is. It's hard to see that. Wait a second. That dude still gets up at six and, you know, does the work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever time you might get up. It might not be six for you. Right. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's six. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, you know, it's funny that I would love to see a, a series of photographs of like, of like famous people start, you know, from like, from like, you know, Elvis and Springsteen and, and, and Dolly Parton and, uh, Beyonce and, you know, like, like in their house doing the dishes all of them in their house doing the dishes, you know, just like a poster of like everybody, you know, everybody just, just, just putting their pants on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just putting their pants on and changing diapers and waking up at three o'clock in the morning when the baby's crying and all the yeah. things that like, they got to yeah. deal with that too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Do the, the real version of, uh, I woke up like this. Yeah. The real version <laughs> of I woke up like yes, for real. Um, you know, you seem to have a thing about reluctant leaders or reluctant heroes. Um, reluctant. why, what's the grip in that for you? Um, uh, cause it's who we are, all of us, you know, I mean, unless you're completely psychotic and you know, uh, that happens. <laughs> um, the reluctant hero is an interest. It's just a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a Joseph Campbell idea, mm-hmm. you know? And you see it in, um, you know, in his his perfect metaphor would be translated into into like Star Wars, for mm-hmm. example. Um, and we use that in talking to the people that you know that we get an audience with, and try to get them to understand that they're the reluctant hero. They're all they all wish they could be braver, 
you know, they all wish that they could start on that journey of the hero. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're the reluctant hero. They're, they're, they're they, you know, God looks down and says, you, you are going to be great. And you look up and go, ah, you know, I kind of got this thing this afternoon I got to do. Yeah. And, and when I get my, you know what, when I get my car paid off, then, then maybe, okay, could it, could it, so could it wait until, you know, we, we I was just doing this workshop and then we we're talking about this idea of um, 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 the reluctant hero and this, one of the, one of the guys had, uh, I gave an assignment, one of the guys did this um, image of him hiding under the, hiding under the, uh, under the covers and his thing was, he says, I wish I were, I wish I were braver, I wish I could be more brave in my life. Um, and that was complete. That was completely moving. And you know, I just we just looked around the whole group. It was like thirty five people. I looked around the whole group, and I'm like, "Who isn't this talking to? Mm-hmm. This is all of us. We all wish we could. We all wish, you know, we all wish we could do that." Um, and the problem isn't that we know that. The problem is that we have the answer, and we're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the thing, because the answer is demands sacrifice and discipline. And work, you know, and it's not, it's not sad work. It's just hard work. How do you work through that as, you know, as a reluctant hero yourself? I have an amazing wife who helps me and reminds me every day. Um, and I, you know, I've, 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 you mentioned very early, Charlie, you said, um, um, practice, uh, you mentioned that word practice and practice is terribly important and, and we can practice this. We can practice. Um, I re- realized um, th- my obstacle to real heroism is is um, um, follow through. So I've been trying to get better at follow through, and that's what's stopping me from you know putting out the big work that I'm supposed to be doing. Um, uh, it's just so very easy to get distracted, and. Even like when work calls, you know, I get a I get a, a magazine cover or I get a, a a real design gig or something. Um, to a certain degree, those are distraction because I would do them because we would get paid. I don't do them because oh my god, I love this project. You know, if we fight, if there's a project that comes in that's like oh my god, I love it, we'll totally take it. But but to a certain degree, those are distraction. You know, um, you know, if you could be a true leader, it means like you know, leave everything and go. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, because it's all, you know, like uh, like the Buddha says is what his second tenant is, you know, our first tenant is life is suffering. And part of the suffering is that we uh, attach, you know, we all have these attachments. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so I think the, the, the reluctant hero thing is a uh, is a really super metaphor because it just works um, on all of us. And I think everybody's able to like if they could really kind of calm down and look inside and see what 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 fears are stopping them the fear of being poor mm-hmm. the fear the fear of um you know um um let me do it let me say it this way there's this uh, um american gospel song this little light of mine mm-hmm. right you know that one um <clears throat> it's a, you know this little light of mine i'm gonna let it shine but the problem is that we don't and we don't let it shine for two perfectly good reasons we don't let it shine because one it's too easy because this little sh- gift that we have Oh, my little ability to make these funny drawings. Oh, nobody cares about that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's too, it's too easy for us. We, we belittle our gifts. Um, and the other, the other reason that we don't let it shine is because it's too hard. Mm-hmm. Because once we see these gifts and once we acknowledge that they have some power, now we have to 
share them. Yeah. <laughs> we have to put it out for the public, for the critics, mm-hmm. for, for your parents, you know, mm-hmm. and say, hey, I'm, I'm going to go do this thing. And your parents who love you dearly, they want to they want to shield you from pain and suffering. And all they're doing is is protecting you from success. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, you're going to start a business in this economy, you know, yeah. that kind of, that kind of shit. So yeah. I've written about it in the past um, and I, I just talk about it as the fact that we're schizophrenic in a lot of ways because it's too easy and it's too hard at the same time. Yeah. And it's like, which one is the one that's going to work on you the most today? And that's the one that's like, oh, that's too easy. And we have that whole Protestant work ethic thing that you got to work hard. And if, you, if you're if you not working hard, you don't deserve it. And so we throw away the gifts that are easy because we're not working hard. And then Correct. there's this other side of the spectrum of like, when you get too big or when you actually show it, then you're getting too big for your britches and, you know, yeah. things like that. And it's like, you can't win one way or the other. And you just have to, yeah. you know, sort of work it out and recognize that it's all a cultural narrative and bullshit and pick whichever of those stories that works best for you and go. Yeah. With it. Yeah. Do you ever hear that? Uh, do you ever hear that, um, that um, story attributed to native Americans? It's like, um, I, um, um, grandson talking to his, you know, I mean, a grandfather talking to his grandson saying, telling him the story and saying, there's, you know, the two wolves. You heard the that? two wolves are telling me the two Brilliant. wolves have come up, man, I'm going to have to share this one again because it's come up a lot in the last couple of weeks. So hit us Uh-oh, with yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's brilliant. It's a really great way of putting it. It's like the, he's, he's trying to, he's trying to make his, make his grandson hip. So he says, listen, there, there are two wolves inside of you and they're, and, and they're battling. And one wolf is, is, is fear and envy and lust and greed and you know and he says and the other wolf is love and joy and beauty and the grandson says well which wolf wins and the grandfather says the one you feed yep do you know mm-hmm. so yes schizophrenic is 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 exactly it and it's the one you feed and you know um um it's like uh, it's like what is the uh, the I have it actually have it on my on my desktop right here for just was thinking about it the other day the um, that really great bit from um, Dead Poet Society where he says no matter what anybody tells you words and ideas can change the world mm-hmm. we don't write, we don't write poetry because it's cute we read and write poetry because we're members of the human race mm-hmm. and the human race is filled with passion. Uh, uh, the human race is filled with passion. He says, medicine, law, business, engineering, these are noble pursuits and necessary to sustain life. But poetry, beauty, romance, and love, these are what we stay alive for. There's a huge difference there. You know, we're distracted by, oh, I've got to go, you know, make money. Oh, I've got to go make more money. Oh, I've got to go do business. Oh, I've got to go, you know, do what basically everybody else is doing, you know. But Beauty, poetry, romance, and love. This is this is the whole reason. This is the reason we're here. We're not we're not we're not here to 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 you know to to bust our hump at a you know basically like Tyler Durden says you know bust our hump at at, at um, jobs we hate to buy shit we don't need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah. you know we're here for 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 all the other stuff. Yeah. Um, Will Smith said something similar in the sense of we spend so much time impressing buying things we don't want to impress people we don't like. <laughs> right. That's a paraphrase, but it's the same yeah. thing. Yeah. No, I used to have, I used to have the million dollar, um, loft in Soho and sold that for the million dollar house upstate with on acres with a barn that was my studio and blah, blah, blah. And you know, yeah, it was, it was, it was groovy, but I realized, you know what, 
so much of that. It was like three people rattling around in all that acreage, you know? <laughs> yeah. And and so much of that was just the show. Yeah, just the show. I mean, and, and it's funny because at the end of the day, you wake up one day and you're like, what do I really, how do I want to spend my days? And for me, it might be writing. For you, it might be creating stuff and teaching people. It's like, what do I need to do that? Right? And when you yeah. think about it in that way, it's like, I don't need all this other stuff. And it's in the way. Yeah. It's a distraction. Yeah. I think my next house is going to be just a big kitchen and a big garage. Maybe two little bedrooms stuck on there somewhere because <laughs> yeah. that's where we spend all the time. I like messing with, you know, messing with, uh, you know, fixing dirt bikes and messing around in the garage, and 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 uh, we like sitting around in the kitchen, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I doubt Angela. I've been working on it for years about this, but it'd be like a kitchen, a bedroom, and just like a large room that's wall to wall whiteboard. But she. <laughs> she hasn't bought off on that plan yet so I, i've got time <laughs> yeah that's cool all righty so um tell me what's the most unanticipated challenge that you're currently facing unanticipated challenges that i'm currently facing is 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 uh, my own reticence to 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 um I'm, I'm writing. I'm back at writing. I'm back at trying to trying to consolidate my ideas into a into a book into a book called Your Work Is a Gift. And I realized again, <laughs> <laughs> yet again, I realized that the writing isn't the hard part. It's the sitting. It's so hard for me to just cut out the time, sit down, make a daily practice of it. Um, you know, obviously, we you know I've got a four month old in the house, so that doesn't help. But it's not a you know it's just a really convenient excuse like most uh, excuses um um i am often in awe of how hard it is for me to get out of my own way i'm like oh my god really you just let like three weeks slip by what are you doing this is amazing <laughs> yeah. james like you know um i've got a i've got an awesome uh, um, i'm trying to work with a um, this um, awesome editor and she basically said james do you need a professional nag i'm yes yes please yes <laughs> yeah. please please nag me <laughs> exactly because <laughs> um, i've realized um and this is this is kind of a funny idea charlie um um, uh, over the last year, I've realized that, you know, I'm, I'm what you would call a creative professional. Um, and the, uh, um, creative part of me is like pumped, like, like super strong. Like I'm wildly creative, right? The professional side is like uh, this limp arm that never actually kind of grew <laughs> the, the way, the yeah. way it was supposed to. It's kind of like flailing around on the side you know um and i think that's just the plight of any artist right you you i think you understand this anybody who's trying to put anything uh, out in the world that is of themselves understands like you know the, the the creative part is great but the professional part is just really tough really tough just not you know just not not built that way and i can do it but then that means i'm focusing on that and not the, the creative part and blah 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 you know yeah well, I think writing is especially hard um, when you're so talented because, um, you know, you talking, you teaching, that's a performance, right? And so it's easy to get into it and, and shut off the head. But when you're writing, it's just you and that inner critic and it's you and all sorts of other things coming on. And so it's like there are more people in the party than when you're just, you know, talking or having a conversation. You <laughs> oh, know? man, I could, you know, I could, I could, somebody said, hey, someone said, hey, James, we got an audience of 500 people um, this evening, tonight. And uh, we want you to come in for two hours and talk and just on the subject of your work as a gift. And I would like – I would start with the reluctant hero and I would take two hours and I would say it 
beautifully and have them in tears when they were supposed to be in tears and laughing when they're supposed to be laughing and, and I can't freaking sit down and do that. I, I sit down and I'm like, James, go work now you know like, yeah like really this is who i am really like exactly you know, exactly I get it. yeah and i think that the, the, the when you're when you're trying to write um because it's a it's a new tool for me as well um and it's one i'm trying to craft um um when you're trying to write i think the 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 there's a level of introspection that has to happen, a retrospection that has to happen. And um, I think a lot of us are, just find it difficult to, to, to look, you know, difficult mm-hmm. to look inside. Again, it's the reluctant hero thing. Like, well, you know what the answer is, but you just like, ah, oh, damn, now I got to do that. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So. All righty. So wrapping up, if people remember nothing else about you and your work, what's the one thing you want them to take away? I mean, it's weird because, you know, most people say, James, what, the, what, what are you most proud of? I'm like, actually, you know, my son, <laughs> I, you know, I got, I got a, you know, an 18 year old boy who's just charming and funny and smart. And he's going to Boston University next year. And it's like, uh, but you're asking kind of about the work thing. You can choose your son. Uh, that's great. No, it would, you know, it's always, it's always, it's always the boy. Uh, and part, partially my son, Luca, because partially, um, even the book, even the, 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 the courses that I'm trying to, you know, the, uh, that I'm trying to put together for the, my, the victory labs or this, uh, trying to put together into an e-course and blah, 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 and stage events and stuff. Even those, they're, they're, they're really just work. Yeah. <laughs> they're what I love and they're what I, the tool I use to help other people, but they're really just work. And, you know, the, um, he's a real human being and walking around and, able to converse and you know make jokes and so yeah i would say i would i would say that i would say that um and partially because the the charlie because the the real big thing isn't isn't done yet it's sitting downstairs in pieces and it's dude it is so it is so great i just the other day before i before i went on a couple of uh, on a couple of trips um i sat down and i organized it i gave it a framework and i'm like mm, okay that now that's something this is something that people are going to go oh hey look at that um but it's you know it's like it's still it's like a, it's like a motorcycle in pieces right now <laughs> but, so, but when i when i put it together man it's going to fly and so are you teasing us about something else or you're talking about um your work as a gift um, it's your work as a gift, but it's going to be in, um, in, uh, three different forms. It's going to be a, a, a book and it's going to be available as an e-course and it's, and it's also the, uh, part, part and parcel of these, uh, um, workshops I do called victory labs. So it, there's three different lives that, that are in it and there are three different manifestations, in it, but it's all the same thing. And, and it's, it's very groovy. Fantastic. Um, James, thanks so much for joining us on today's episode. Charlie, this has been a blast. Thanks. It's been a, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. Cool. What does your t-shirt say? It's very groovy. Oh, I'm not I have a, player. a not a player. Not. I just blog a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. Thanks so much again for joining us today. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Charlie. Alrighty, Creative Giants. So you heard it from James. Remember, your work is a gift. How can you find those moments in your work to transcend and and really be that artist? And what do you need to do today to give yourself room to practice a little creative courage? Until next time, stand tall. Thanks for listening to The Creative Giant Show. To find more tools and inspiration for creative giants, head on over to ProductiveFlourishing.com. 
Stand tall, creative giant.